Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to talk tonight about groaning. I'm dead serious, and I know that's kind of a funny word, but I'm going to talk about tonight proper groaning from 2 Corinthians 5, 4 to 5. Maybe some of you saw the little lesson we did on Sunday when we had the ice out and we weren't able to gather. I did this little lesson from 2 Corinthians 5. One of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. And I'm going to look at a couple verses tonight and talk about this idea of groaning. Listen to what it says in verses 4 to 5 of 2 Corinthians 5. Paul says, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we, we, we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Now, the word groan, I know we all know. We have all heard, but I decided to look it up just to make sure we understand exactly what the word groan means. And this is what the website said. To make a deep, inarticulate sound in response to pain or despair. Now, you guys are all my friends, right? I'm going to ask you collectively to groan with me. I want everyone to make a groaning sound right now. Can we do it together? Did everybody do it? Who didn't do it? Janine, did you do it? You didn't groan? All right, my wife didn't even get on board there. I couldn't do it. Groan, that's kind of what a groan is. It's, 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 it's a sound of sort of despair and pain and anguish and something you don't enjoy. But did you know that there's a spiritual groaning and even a good groaning that Christians can and should be doing? Does that surprise you? That there's sort of a good groan? Because it surprised me. When I looked at this passage, it said, really, that's a good thing? It's a good thing to groan? Because it, seem, it seems like it's always a bad thing to groan. But basically, here's what Paul's talking about. The basis for our groaning as Christians is this. We're homesick. We're homesick. Anyone been homesick before? Raise your hand if you've had homesickness before. You've had homesickness. You've been away from home. And it doesn't mean the place you were at was bad or anything like that. You just missed home and you wanted to be home. That's the basis for what Paul is talking about. Now, the interesting thing about this passage is we've never been to our home. What he's talking about is heaven. We've never been there. I've never set eyes on it. I've never set eyes on my Lord. But one day I will. And yet, I'm homesick. I'm homesick for a place I've never been because I was created for it. Now, when we had identical twins, I noticed that about our twins. Even from the early stages, remember this, Janine? They wanted to be together. They wanted to sleep together. We put them in separate cribs. We were starting to do their separate thing to say they're individuals. Let's separate them. And the twins would always come together. In fact, we we put their beds kind of away and we found them together in bed in the morning. And I thought about that going, well, they're, they're they're too young to communicate with each other that they wanted to be together, but they found each other. And I thought about this with this idea of being homesick for heaven. We're homesick because we're built for it. We're made for it. We're made to be in heaven with God. And so we groan because we're homesick. Now let's ask a question. And if you want to answer out loud, you can. But basically, think about it before you answer, okay? Because I do want answers from you. But I want you to think about this question very carefully. Does God want us to be happy on the earth? Does God want us to be happy on the earth? Think about it for a moment and then give me your answer. Let's do this. Let's raise your hand if you would say yes. God wants us to be happy on the earth. Three and a half, four and a half. 
I wasn't sure, Mandy. Are you are you on yes on that one? Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to tell you this. Okay, you would say no. I don't agree. You you don't agree. So God does not want us to be happy. No, because then you're you're kind of you know uh, living with like your worldly possessions and stuff. Okay. And you're, All right. You're like you know, taking from the world as opposed to heaven. Right? How many else would say no? Not necessarily. It's a tr- it is kind of a trick question. Who? Right, well, I'm going to give you that answer, but yes, you did. But here's the thing about it. You all did. Because I, th- I believe the best answer is what, Haddon? Yes and no. Yes and no. I, we talked about this last night, so that's why he knows. Um, the answer is yes and no. And I'm going to explain that, okay? Because I'm, I'm going to now ask the same question a different way. And I'm going to sort of give you a hypothetical to help you understand maybe what Paul means by this. Let me ask you it this way. Imagine if I went on a trip away from my family for several days. Would my family who loves me want me to have a good trip with no problems and no hiccups on that trip? Would you say yes to that? Okay, we would all agree with that. If the family that loves me, if I came back and said the trip was miserable, I had a horrible time, my family would feel sad by that. I'm sad that my, my dad and my husband had a bad time, had a bad trip. But... What if I had so much fun and had so many good experiences that I never wanted to come home? In fact, I didn't come home. It was so good where I was. I met so many great people, had so many good experiences, loved exactly where I was that I never thought of home and never came home. Would my family be happy that I had that good of a trip? You'd be in trouble. So you'd be- <laughs> I would. I'd be in the doghouse. <laughs> Just find me and bring me back. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe that's a different question. We're going to get back to that, actually. So would you also say this? Would they wish that while I was away, I was longing to be home? Is that also accurate to say of a family who loves me? That while I'm gone, they want me to have a good trip, but they also hope I desire to be home, back with them. Do you see it? Do you see where we're going with this? The question, again, is this. Does God want us to be happy on the earth? Does God want us to be so unhappy that all we're doing is groaning because we're miserable? Would you say yes to that? God wants us so unhappy that all we do is groan. That's all we do. From sunup to sundown, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I'm just always groaning. Probably not, right? Probably not. But does he want us so happy that we never groan for heaven? We never get homesick for God. In fact, we forget about him. Probably not, right? Now think about this. If you were God, what would your desire be for your people? For them to experience every source of happiness to the point that they forget about you and forget about heaven and long only for what the earth has or allow them to experience a little bit of suffering in a place of sin. Not that he caused the sin, of course, but in a place of sin, he allows us to suffer And he allows a bit of an empty feeling in our soul so that we long for somewhere better. Do you see it? We are groaning to be with our Lord. In fact, maybe it's an everyday occurrence. Maybe it's supposed to be. Maybe every single day, the more we spend time on this earth, we groan to be with God. Now, I'm going to give you five ways before we close. How do we properly groan? Because I do believe there's an improper groaning that we can do. I do believe... If groaning turns into murmuring, complaining, discontent, that's not the groaning God is looking for. 
I'm going to give us five ways to groan properly for the Lord and for heaven. Number one is this, fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. Find your all in Jesus. Now, when I'm in love, like I am with my wife, I like to be around her. I want to be around her. Every chance I get to go somewhere special with my wife, I take it because I love her. I'm in love with my wife. I want to be near her. And when I'm not for several days or weeks at a time, don't special moments with my wife, I groan because I want to be close to my wife because I'm in love with her. Number one way to properly groan is to fall in love with Jesus. Want to be near him as much as possible. That is a good thing. If you desire to be close to the Lord in the sense of spirituality, in the sense I want to see him, I want him to come back, I want him to come get me, I want to see him face to face. That's a good thing. Keep that because you're in love with Jesus. Here's number two. Hold everything you have in the world very loosely. Very loosely. It doesn't mean don't have it. It means hold it very loosely. The reason is this, because it's all going away one day. Now, I was listening to a sportscaster the other day, and he was, he was contrasting an athlete of one guy who was chasing money and then another guy who was chasing championships. And he said that the one guy was better than the other guy because the one guy was chasing money, interestingly enough, that one day can be taken from you, and you can lose it because it's money. And second of all, he said this, versus a ring or a championship that lasts forever. Is that confusing? Do rings and championships last forever on the earth? They don't. But in this guy's mind, money wasn't as good as rings and championships because one outlasts the other. And I thought, you're not going far enough. It doesn't last forever. Therefore, we need to hold everything in the world very loosely because it's all going away one day. Here's number three, reason we should groan or how to properly groan, excuse me, is to abound in thanksgiving. Abound in thanksgiving to your God, because when you're thankful, guess what you're doing? You're remembering where the fountain of goodness is. When you're thankful for everything you have, that's why it's not discontent we're looking for. We're content in what he's given us, but we're also looking to him and saying, thank you, Lord. We're remembering where the fountain of blessings comes from. And then we're going, man, I'd rather be near the fountain than simply have the blessings. I want to be near him. That's another good way to, gro uh, to uh, groan. Excuse me. Here's number four. Set your mind on things above. And I get that from Colossians chapter three. Paul says, set your mind on things above because so much better is coming. Set your mind on what is better. Set your mind on what is eternal. Set your mind on the fact that when Jesus comes back, everything is better. And here's number five. Turn the discontent you have with the world that I believe many or all of us does have right now. We're looking at this planet. We're looking at how things are going. And we're going, man, it's bad here. Take that energy and turn that discontent into service of the one who holds your future hope and joy. And this is what it says in verse 9 before we close. Whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. I'll say it again. Whether we're at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Because he's the reason we have that hope. He's the reason we have that future joy. He's the reason we have any of those blessings. Does that make sense? Therefore, properly groan. Groan, but do it in the proper spirit. I want more 
Jesus. I want to be closer to him. I want less sin-stained stuff. I want more righteous things. I want to be near my God, and I can't wait to be in heaven with my Lord. And I hope tonight we would properly groan. I hope that's an encouragement to you. And uh, we'll do another one next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.